This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by Podmachine. The simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. Most of those companies are, you know, a different set of requirements. So also a very good learning for Koala. It's not enough that you have a minimum viable product. That's something that you learn. So if you're doing B2B, you have to have a minimum viable business. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We got the guys already who's uh, trying to really put blockchain into our prehistoric government. Um, but again, they've... they've these guys have been making noise and I've been lurking, you know, as if you're a startup, uh, prior to, to me um, pressing record, they were asking me about how I choose the startups that I feature here on HustleShare. And it's not about being funded. It's about the journey. And I think these guys have been, has had an amazing journey already. And that's why they are here. So let, 
Without further ado, let's welcome to the show Charlie Carosa and Jeffrey Reyes of Duella. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for inviting us over. No, we've been yeah, watching yeah. to ever since. No, we're yeah, an avid listener. So. Thank you, thank you, yeah. and again, appreciate you listening. I know you're sick and tired of my voice, <laughs> but again, this is just my 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 way of trying to pay it forward and documenting all of our pain and sometimes triumph as well. But before I get carried away, guys, I need to ask you the million dollar question, guys. What's your hustle? So yeah, Ron, our hustle is Twala. So we are building the tools so we can trust each other online and you know do business online. So Twala is a digital identity and digital signature platform powered by blockchain technology. So yeah. Again, we are we, just the past 12 months, we've had so many Web3 and startups at blockchain, but this has been around for quite a while. But again, it's high time. The flavor of the month has been on Web3, and I think this is the best time for you to come in. But before I get carried away also, Charlie and also Jeff, I need you to buckle up because before we even talk about you doing Tuala, we need to go to your origin store because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. So the first thing that I really want to do is, again, recognize that you are in my same generation. So finally, <laughs> I'm talking to people of my age. Lately, there's, they're all young 20-somethings, and I really feel like they need to bless before we start pressing, <laughs> pressing record. But again, you guys have done an amazing, have had an amazing career prior to having Tuala. But let's start first with our lady. In the room. Okay, we'll get to you, Jeff, in a bit. But Charlie, okay, you're obviously the COO of Tuala. But before we started started out with that, what was growing up like? Was entrepreneurship something that 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 uh, God entered your mind? Because again, you also are a cum laude in UP. Oh, what the hell? That's amazing. But is this something oh, that you got? <laughs> you really to? do something. <laughs> Of course, I am the greatest stalker <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> but Charlie, what what was entrepreneurship or, or did, what was growing up like, and did you have any exposure to entrepreneurship? Okay, so so growing up, because because I am also a the well an only daughter of a public school teacher, and mm. you know how much public school teachers are paid, right? Yeah. So sometimes what I would do with my baon, I would go to a store and then buy small merchandises with, and then I will eventually sell them to my classmates. So mm. I get extra um allowance for <laughs> you know um for for myself. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's that's how I got exposed to um being an entrepreneur. And then after that, well, when growing up, I would do some tasks in exchange for money. So I, I didn't have orgs, yeah, in college because I would rather spend it, you know, um doing extra stuff okay. <laughs> so I can get side some line. more allowance. Yeah. <laughs> Back in our so, time, we call it sideline. Now it's side hustle. <laughs> There you go. Yes, <laughs> or gigs. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Or a racket. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Racket, okay, but racket. Charlie, I want to understand what were those, because again, most people, two things I want to zero in here. I've had so many people here who were children of educators and they left a profound mm-hmm. mark on how they were taught properly. What was the, the those learnings that you've seen your your parents um, instill into you? Because again, education is a is no not just a hustle, it's it's like a calling. And a lot of things that you really learn from that, just being able to show up daily, night uh, night in or day in and day out to be able to educate and help teach kids is not easy. Mm-hmm. And again, considering also the pay for all that hassle that they have to go through. What was those what were those learnings that your um, parents instilled with you, or at least you learned from them uh, as you grew up? Okay. Um since Teachers are not paid well. And I've seen my mom really, you know, um, work hard day in, day out. She'll she'll wake up really early and then stay until 12 midnight working on the lesson plans and as what uh, as she calls it, devices. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the, the teaching aids that she has to prepare like for every day. And Manila being paper. a public Yes, yes. And as a public school teacher, she would have to like teach everything, right? So at a very young age, I I saw that I I really need to um, study well and become successful in life because I wanted to give back to my parents and let them experience a life that I think they deserve. That that, that hit me deep because that that was my dream too. (laughs) Uh, if you've been listening to the show, I've, I've never shied away in saying that, that, you know, the only, my mom taught me everything, uh, the hustling that I know. I hustle hard because mm-hmm. I learned it from my mom, not because she taught me, because I saw her do it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now and when it's, it was your turn, you said you were doing side hustles during college. What were the rackets mm-hmm. that you did? Because if you, you didn't do the org route, you had some time to do, to make some money on the side. What were these rackets that you were doing? Yeah, so you know, you you would like write for people mm, <laughs> projects. There you go. <laughs> for our classmates who do not like to write. Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you, you you do what you can. Yeah, and um, cause cause I I I have seen like I I know I cannot ask for more from my parents because that's that's everything um i'm just i think fortunate enough that my 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 aunt and my cousin helped out in you know sending me to school it's actually a funny story because you because what you see now is i graduated from up Deleman. Yep. but when i when i actually enrolled for up i i didn't know what i was getting myself into my classmates mm. were like oh when you apply to up you should uh, choose two schools and i was like okay so what are you choosing guys and i just mm. copied okay you you go for the demand first and then lb so okay fine oh, wow. and um i didn't know that i would really pass so i was like just you know <laughs> gaya gaya love <laughs> in that sense we so when be gaya passed, gaya and we have to be really smart okay <laughs> <laughs> so when I so when, when I actually passed the Liman, I, I really got I know an earful of nagging from, mm. from my parents, especially from my dad. Because Why? my 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 aunt has a a house in Kalamba. 
So ah. the logical thing is for me to go to Los Banos, right? Okay. And, but but I was explaining to them, hey, I didn't know that I will pass, and they said that you have to put the I know the higher ranking school first before right. the, mm-hmm. you know, and and they couldn't understand, and they were like, okay, so yeah, just finish a semester and then transfer. Okay. But um, it wasn't that easy of a conversation because we had to go to UPLB just to ask. Um, the LB guys to uh, admit me, and yeah. <laughs> it was another <laughs> year full of nagging. But yeah, uh, long story short, I I ended up um in Diliman, but wasn't my first choice. As you can see, I'm a graduate of. Maybe a lot of you don't know about this. It's family life and child development, mm-hmm. so it's like a developmental psychology. Wow. And I have been asking my my advisor then should i really pursue this because uh, i i don't know what i will do after college mm. and my advisor was like as long as there's people you can work in in that field whether it's um medicine or law right. or you know in a corporate job you can do it because basically you're you're studying people from conception to death and bereavement mm. i was like oh okay so it's like you're telling me I can be whatever and whoever right. I want. <laughs> so yeah, um, which which also I think led me to a career where eventually uh, it gave me the the boost and the guts to to pursue entrepreneurship, which uh, my parents were so so against. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, again, way back again, then. <laughs> again, because they're you probably don't understand, but you're yeah, you were meant for something great but before we start uh going to jeff real quick uh, i just want to zero in on your first few hustles right you did be you did become uh, an hr assistant and become a sales training assistant these were all yeah. people-centric but again yes what we end up being as an entrepreneur is always a product of what our first few hustles were right mm-hmm. if you're already mm-hmm. raketera back then that applies to your very first few jobs. What were the first, what were the things that you learned in being an HR assistant in Avon and being a sales training assistant in DMCI? Okay, it I was exposed to learning and development, basically training of um employees in mm. Avon, and I was like, oh my god, this is so exciting because you have to prepare a lot of things for for the training, you know, and then um during the training you you get to um interact with um the participants and then learn from them mm. and understand well you know it's it's somehow related to what I studied in college, mm. so um you also get how you can actually strategize a plan in order to help your employees or even your managers perform better or create a a culture of diversity and a culture whether people will feel safe to explore yeah. you know so so that's that's how i got into training because as you can see i i became a sales trainer in DMCI, yep. right? So that's where I got also my my formal somehow training and experience when it comes to selling because um, of all the courses that you can impart your the, the, the skills and experience, training is a very specific course because yeah. for you to be an effective sales trainer, you should have the selling experience. Otherwise, it will all be theoretical. You can't you teach what you know. don't know, right? Yes, yes, yes. And unlike with, with leadership, you can somehow hack it, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of 
um, references for you to to look at. But with with sales, no matter how much theory you yeah. you read, unless you really go through it, unless you really experience the pain of you know preparing for a presentation, especially <laughs> to a season, and you know with that nerve wracking discussion in a boardroom, gosh, that's and and how do you like manage those? rejections or no's right yeah. so yeah un unless you go through it you won't be able to really help your participants so yeah and I, I think at the time I was I was given two choices do I really want to just um stay as a sales trainer or do I want to explore a more in-depth experience yeah of learning and really selling as a consultant with Manila Exacon. So originally I wanted to be just a trainer, but my boss then um, told me, if you really want to be a trainer, you won't be able to train these people unless you are able to sell the idea, to sell the end goal. Mm. You know, so you, you have to be able to make your your clients see um how can the solutions that you are um selling them in fact solve or address the gap to for for them to to uh, achieve the goals that they have um set for their companies because well I think this is also a different kind of selling because this one is a consultative selling you uh, your customers won't see what you're selling them because it's purely concept yep. so it's it's a matter of you understanding where your uh client is coming from and really getting to the bottom of you know uh what really is the problem because sometimes they will tell you oh my, my people can't sell but is it is that really the problem sometimes it's not the selling sometimes it's more of the confidence of the people like you know, when you're a customer, you're 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 talking to a to a salesperson, and you you somehow ah, this person doesn't know his or her you know product very well, and yep. then sometimes you just <laughs> yeah. So there, and after experiencing like five experiencing five years of intensive consulting, si Ate naging mayabang. I was oh. like ah. <laughs> <laughs> then I put up my my own company. <laughs> and okay. that's how I met Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Now before we talk about Jeff, one last question. Sure. So in training, again, yeah. um, this is a superpower if you master it, right? Because in a startup, right, eventually down the road, you will have very limited budget. Again, we can't mm -hmm. afford to pay top dollars yes. if you're in startup PH giving me shit about quiet mm -hmm. quitters. I'm sorry. We want to give <laughs> all the all the benefits that we want, but we have very limited runway, okay? So if you want top dollar, yes. go to the big companies. Don't go for a startup. But if you want to learn, go to us. Because I just recently got shit from people in startup PH about this thing about quiet quitting. Sorry, I'm just going to bent out a little bit because dude, sure. there's not a founder that wants to fucking exploit anyone. We don't even pay ourselves. How the fuck are we going to even, you know, exploit someone? We That's why we give portions of our company to that. But okay, going back to what was the superpower that you've developed over mm -hmm. the training thing because your output is going to be, I mean, your MO or the output that you're always going to be measured on is obviously your students that come out 
Are they great mm-hmm. salesmen? Are they not great salesmen? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's how they will measure you. But the fact that you did it for Manila XCon and even turn it as your own business, you must have mastered mm-hmm. something. What mm-hmm. is that? If there's something that I am really known for, and I think this is also um, the reason why a lot of my clients would prefer talking to me is because I have already mastered the art of questioning and conversations. Because no matter what, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> no matter what you tell me, I won't take your answer as it is from face value. Because for me, um, the only the only way for me to be able to help you, whether you're a client, whether you are a trainee of mine, is if you can help me understand and picture where you are at. Mm-hmm then that's the only time that I will know, you know, the gaps that we need to address. And that's the only time that we can uh, craft or design a, an intervention or a solution to get you from point A to point B. Not just that, uh, with, with questions and, you know, with, with the way that we handle conversations, because there's, there's a lot of ways that you can um, ask questions and we don't want people to feel that they are being interrogated. You know, we want to um, have a conversation wherein, as you have said, uh, create a space that they will feel safe to pour yes. their hearts out without without the inhibitions, without the fear of, you know, if I ask this, will I sound stupid? Because Correct. sometimes the things that we, we think are stupid are not really stupid. Mm-hmm. And they are valid questions, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and there's there's always a lot of ways to get from point A to point B. Yep. So so my rule of thumb is to get to know where you are, what the problem is, where do you want to get to, and what is the most comfortable way for you to work on whatever you know gaps that you have at the moment, because there's no one. A way to get from point A to point B, and it's it's wrong to just you know make the student fit mm-hmm. the curriculum or make the company fit your solution. Yep. Because it is um, my job to craft something that is custom to to really bring out you know the best solution that will work to achieve the goal, and you know for for you to also enjoy the process. Correct. <laughs> it's batuhan. Yeah. There you go. All right. Now, let's go to Jeff again. Sorry for uh, making you wait. I, 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 you were having a lot of fun. Oh, I enjoyed the Charlie. conversation with Charlie. You know. All right, so, but it's now yeah. your turn. Okay, we're not gonna let you go like that without having to go through it. I want to understand now, Jeff, from from your point of view. You're obviously the the, the tech guy and also the CEO of the company. But what was it like growing up? Uh, did you have early fascinations toward uh, technology or coding and whatnot? Or, or did this just come through you in school? Well, was there any influences about technology or entrepreneurship? Well, uh, business, no. So it's a painful experience for me and my family. Okay. Uh, my, my father was like a, a healthcare assistant for like 17 long years you know, in a hospital in, in the Philippines. Okay. And then when he uh, resigned, so he got this like a lump sum, you know, benefit. And mm. my my father and my mother, they decided to put up a business. You know? 
and they don't have any background uh, yeah. on business. No. So and and they kind of put all the money in one basket. Oh, you know, no. very risky. Yeah. And then and it started, you know, when it started, you know, to fail, they were like devastated. And I saw that firsthand. Oh no. You know, so they have to shut it down. My father is out of job. Oh, and gosh. don't have, you know, we don't have anything at, at that point. And that that's what led my father to go abroad and okay. work there. So he worked for another 15 long years, no. So oh, wow. we were not able to you know, to grow up with uh, my father. So yeah, that's the, the painful experience of entrepreneurship. And when I when I uh, graduated, I told myself that okay, I don't want to go to business. You know, I I want to be like a, as safe as it is. You know, and you know I, I got that from my mother. She's like saying, okay, uh, take less risk. We know what happened. Uh, you know what happened with uh, with us uh, mm. with, with the business that we had before. Mm. So uh, from that time on, you know, I, I kind of uh, set myself to be just like you know a working professional with a high paying job from uh, from big companies. So that's mm. like I think most of the Filipinos were <laughs> were um, thought that way, you know, uh, yeah. to be. An employee to yeah. climb the the ladder of uh, you know the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. So for like many years uh, working, that's kind of my my uh, mindset. Mindset, no. Mm-hmm. Until one time, I was able to attend like a a startup event. You no, know? which it was one sponsored. and where? Uh, it was sponsored by Google. Uh, I, I think it's a Google Developer event. Okay. Uh, in in the Asian Institute of Management in Makat. Then I met a lot of people there, young people, no, uh, maybe younger than me. Yep. And I the, even met the Nas. Like, Don't, you're not alone. We're all we're alone. Okay. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> so you know, I, I met these people. They're young and they're doing business, and uh, some of them are like you know five, ten years younger than me. Th- that time, uh, one one case was like he's uh, a second year college student and he he was popular that time no and he went to the same school no up uh, i know who this guy is <laughs> no I no, no i i took my my undergrad in pup manila ah, so okay but there's a guy around a decade ago that also came from <laughs> pup that got popular got overhyped by everybody and then got to a shed unfortunately just GMG. I'm not going to tell you. Secret. <laughs> I have an idea. But, uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's why you never buy the hype. Okay, there you go. Mm. Oh, that, that's, that's a time that I started, you know, uh, thinking, what if I, you know, put up my own startup? And then, yes. you know, working for a tech company, I went to IBM and Accenture. Right. So, and that's a time that I'm like, Consider uh, seriously considering putting up my own startup. Yeah, and then I I joined the very first Idea Space event in UP. Mm-hmm. So wow. I was there. So I I was able to pitch on stage. No, uh, in, in those times, and that's uh, how it started. And then uh, during that time, I also enrolled in in the graduate program from the UP Technology Management Center. 
Got so it. kind of, you know, boosting my eagerness to learn more on, you know, how to uh, run a tech company. Got it. That's amazing. So, so you're the Namdosan of this company. Yeah. There you go. But uh, before we take our first break, I want to understand first. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey, I wa- being a dev and a CEO, a lot of people have tried this, but also people, everybody has a different learning curve. Because again, obviously as an engineer, engineers are wired to solve problems. I don't care what type of engineer you are. If there's a problem, you're going to solve that and use, again, formulas or whatever to, to, to get that done. But also, the, there is a big gap sometimes that uh, the tendency that I see for those people that struggle to make that transition is they typically over-engineer things that they make something super complex where it, the, the, the objective <laughs> is to do something basic. What was that process for you? Before we even talk about Tuala eventually in really re-engineering your, your mindset as well. Because again, you have the lens of an engineer, but again, that's sometimes not what the user needs. How did you go through that transition? Yeah, actually, that's the one of the, uh, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, doing the startup, particularly Tuala. So before when we, you know, as an engineer, as a software developer, you want to build cool stuff, you know, all those shiny, flashy features, you know, the the hypers, AI, blockchain, things like that. Mm -hmm. So the the very first um, version of Toala, so we kind of made it really secure. Now, (laughs) we wanted like people to see Toala as like a counterpart, you know, the crypto wallet and things like that. So we made the app really difficult to use up to the point that you know users will sign up and they won't come back again yeah you know like you know uh i remember the very first version that you need to create a a digital identity first Mm. and then you 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 uh take a selfie take a picture of your id and you have to to write down a mnemonics you know you know okay i see what is this (laughs) so like we have like I think <laughs> users, but they never, you know, they, they'll never use the app again. You yeah, know? they and, cussed you along the way. Like, what the fuck is this? Yes, Why you make me go? It was a traumatic onboarding process. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you know RT, RT of Brain Spark, no. Uh-huh. So I kind of demoed it to him and he told me like straight to my face, dude. This is so fucking hard to use. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like other calling. Oh, okay, we're kind of doing uh shit things here, no? Yeah. So uh we, we have to redesign the app like from ground up, wow. imagine. And we don't have that money. Like we mm. we we developed that like for almost a year and we have to redo it from Yikes. ground up. Yikes. So that, that's what happened. No. So yeah, I learned that you know. Tech is just ten percent of you know the startup. Yep. You no, know, it's about the customer. It's about the business. How do you make money? You no. Know, so uh, there was a time that I'm pitching to customers and I'm talking about blockchain and they don't care about what blockchain is. <laughs> they just want to sign their <laughs> Tell document. Tell them how the the customers react whenever you're explaining. Yeah, they were like, 
Nga what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about how blockchain works. And they just want to sign a document, you know? Right. And, you know, as a tech guy, I'm kind of feeling cool talking about blockchain. Right, right. Jargon know. on jargon on jargon. Right? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's like that. And it was in 2019 where, when blockchain is still not, you know, a thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For many. I spend like for a one-hour meeting, I'll spend 45 minutes explaining what blockchain is. Imagine. <laughs> That's amazing. But again, those are the struggles that you had to go through. And I love the, 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 the journey that you guys have put. But let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's now talk about how you then met up and decided to re- really team up the trainer and the, the CEO who's turned uh, the jargon into something useful. Let's talk, but let's talk about that more after the break. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at PH, the country's biggest SaaS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Jeffrey and Charlie, who then told us their amazing origin story. And I'm really, really keen to know, because you guys have very profound journeys. And just, for, just to go back to uh, Jeffrey's uh, thing, he's not in the Philippines. He is literally in... Ireland as we speak going to the pub after this uh, drink some beer yes. um, but I want to understand right um, Charlie you were doing I mean uh, Jeffrey you were doing this Tuala on the side you were you also had the main hustle so again you built this for a year you built this massive complicated thing but I want to understand how you were able to do things two things at the same time because dev work is not easy that is about work Okay, you will be sabaw. But for you to allocate extra time to build something out because this is your your own, because you were infused by that um event that you went through that you wanted to start going into your own thing. 
how were you able to make those two work? Because that's that's very tra- challenging to get that. Uh, even before Tuala, no, I've been doing side hustles. So okay. I'm getting, also. There you go. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm getting like contracts for software development. Mm-hmm. No, most of the time I do not do it myself. So I'll build my team. You subcon. You know, yeah, I subcon, and then I'll just do the talking, do the the contract thing, do all Better the veteran moves content. right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So that's actually uh, how I met my two other tech co-founders. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I gave them projects before and then I told them that, you know what, we can do this like, uh, like a, a formal company and we can build a product, sell it uh, instead of just consulting, you know, like a per gig per project thing. Mm-hmm. So, and they kind of agreed to it. So, and during those times, uh, you know, uh, I, I have a full-time job. Uh, the time zone is different. Uh, Philippines is like eight hours, seven hours advance. So, I think that worked for me uh, in a way. It benefited me because of that time gap. Uh, yes. So you're always uh, Or you either yes. wake up so, very early. I wake up really early, like mm. 1 a.m. here. So that's Holy like <laughs> 10, 11 a.m. in the Philippines if I have meetings. Oh but God. most of the time it's like 3 a.m. that I have to wake up. No, so I can attend meetings. The witching in the- hour of all hours. Yeah, so around like 5 p.m. Philippine time, that's the time that I restart my work here. So it's kind of, you know, they don't overlap at all. So, but but yeah, I, I, I rarely have like eight hours of sleep. So it's like sacrifices from the start. But so Jeff, I want to understand how- one thing. Because again, you are doing side hustle and whatnot. What was the primary motivation there? Because right now, again, I'm going to shit on it because I'm heavily biased. If you came to the show and you're a quiet quitter, you're listening to the wrong fucking show. Obviously, this is a hustle culture show. And if you're a quiet quitter, I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay? But let me understand one thing. You cannot sustain that long term if there wasn't a deep why. Yeah. Right? What was I, that I think, for you yeah. to, to keep going? Yeah. As an OFW right now, no, Philippine working abroad. Yeah. I really don't want to work abroad for like 15 years, like what my father did. You know? 14 so years only. Just kidding. Just 14 only. You're in the clear. 15 na. So, you know, I, I don't want to tie my profession, you know, that I have to be abroad to earn a decent money. Okay. You know how it works in the Philippines, the salaries compared to like the EU, the US, mm. even in Singapore. No? So I, I don't want like uh, to happen that, uh, you know, I have to be away from my family for the longest time uh, just to provide a better life for them, you know. And I wanted to do it in the Philippines. And the only way for me to do that is, you know, if I do business, you know, I'm earning a decent money right now. You know, I can just fly to the Philippines whenever I want. First class. Well, (laughs) yes, that's a yes right there. Big time. You're big time. I I work work for a travel company. Ah, So we have a first class flight. So that's how I do it Mm -hmm. before. But, you know, um, and if that's the case, you know, I have a decent job, a decent pay. I can go anywhere. I can I can take a vacation like two months vacation. Wow. That can happen instead. But then uh, that means that I have to stay like 
10, 20 years from, you know, away from home. Correct. So I, I wanted to build my business, you know, that I can do and earn a decent money, you know, while still in the Philippines. And of course, you know, all the the, the secondary thing, like, you know, making an impact. Now, yeah. it's, it's firstly personal, you know. I, I want to give like a better life for my mom and my dad, you know. So it's been away for like a long time yeah. and it's a back time for me, you know, as as their son, you know. So that's like the the, the deepest why primary, you know, apart from, you know, making a difference and yeah. helping the Philippines. So yeah, that, that's, and that, that's that is a powerful why. Um, That's my why too. Uh, so again, uh, if you've, you've listened to the show, my this is my third startup now. If you're you're a new listener, uh, I I resonate with these guys the most. Charlie said it. Um, Jeffrey said it. I just wanted to give my my mom a house because again, she was a single parent. She 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 literally sacrificed everything to get me to where I am, um, and I got that done. It was, was it easy? Fuck no. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. But man, till now, even if I got the house, I still do it for her and for my wife. Because the job's not done. Yeah, I got the house, but is it paid for? Not yet. I'm still paying for it. Okay, so right, I I, I gotta be able to sustain this because when you get to a certain level, and I'm pretty sure Charlie and Jeffrey, a certain level of comfort. If you came from nothing, and you got to level up a little bit, you have a little bit of social mobility, a little bit of comfort. You don't ever fucking want to go down again. And you, you want to make sure that this is the standard of how we live life moving forward, especially for, for our families. Would you say that's the same, Charlie and uh, Jeff? Definitely, you know. So that's actually one of my, like, I think, biggest fear. You know, when, you know, losing a job, you know, uh, you know, you, you become anxious, like, what's store for tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, uh, that's one of my motivations. That's why, you know, uh, unlike you know those other I think founders, you know, uh, I don't have that you know big safety net you know, for for me and my family. That's why I I kind of did it you know, as a side hustle. A lot first. of us don't actually. Can I just uh, don't say say yes on that too? Because there's a there's this wrong misconception that a lot of startup founders here have a safety net. No. The reason why we're going all in is because this is our only bet to success, right? We don't have, a, if we fuck this up, dude, we're back to zero, right? Right, so, exactly. I just want to, again, burst that bubble. Because just because some or the most successful mm-hmm. founders have also been on the show had some safety net, there's no sweeping generalization that mm-hmm. all of us are like that. That's a, that's the that's a minority. Most of us are wale. We don't have anything, okay? <laughs> At least now I'm comfortable you know, knowing that, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's kind of uh, a, a very different um, experience for me and even for Charlie and even for my other co-founders. No? I'm telling them like all the time that, you know, we really have to make this work, you know. Um, it, it will be very difficult for us to, like, to you know, start again. No? It might take some time, you know. Yeah. You know, I've been working for like more than 12 years. To, oh, two to more years. You, can, you cannot do three years, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it kind of um, 
motivates us as well no? that okay we have one chance uh, to make this work yeah. so we have to do like whatever it takes uh, to make this a success no maybe not you know a, a unicorn per se but you know a business and it doesn't that have run. to don't, like don't get enamored. Don't play the valuation game because there's always going to be yeah, someone exactly. with a higher valuation, with a higher race, with a higher whatever. Envy is a thief of joy. Stay on your lane. Yeah. Make your customers happy. You know, make mm-hmm. them pay for the, sh- the amazing shit that you've done. That's the startup mm-hmm. game. And stop looking at everybody else because there's always going to be someone who's going to be out, out race you, out hype mm-hmm. you, out whatever. So it doesn't matter. So, Charlie, I'll just go back to you real quick. You mentioned that you've met Jeff through your training company. How did that yeah. come to fruition and how, that turn in, how did that turn into Tuala? Okay. So, when I was uh, doing my consulting um, projects, mm-hmm. I, I met a guy. Okay. So, shout out to AR Ancos. AR Ancos, <laughs> shout out to you. We'll just send you the billing for the shout out. Yeah. Um, because when, when we met... Uh, so it, it led to a lot of opportunities and one um to us meeting <laughs> yeah so um when we were building our company we needed a website and he was like hey i, I know a guy who builds website so that's mm-hmm. how i met jeff and then he was he was actually what i like about jeff is that his He's very generous when it comes to, you know, sharing what he knows. 45 minutes, he blockchain, sh- easy. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he'll tell you everything that, that he knows. Uh, so so that's that's how I, I get to know Jeff. And he was like, hey, since you're in the consulting company, there's there's this new um regulation wherein all companies are required to register and comply with data privacy mm. act. And I was like, what was that? GDPR. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, okay, so so it's it's a it's a technical compliance, and I am actually skilled. And experience to you know processing it. Would you like to offer it as a service? And I was mm. like, sure. Uh, since it's niched, you know, we can we can also capitalize on us having your expertise, you know, processing things. And at the time, the it it was really a big deal that if you're not compliant, you're exposed, or you ha- your chances of paying the 5 million fine is really like a threat enough for a lot of companies. Yep. So, so yeah, so that's, that's how I met uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from a service mindset, how did that turn into a product and, and turn into Tuala? And then again, Jeff, you're eight hours away from, to get this done. How did you decide, all right, let's turn this into, and why blockchain of all, of all stacks? Yeah. So when when I met Charlie before, uh, I haven't mentioned to her like that we're building Tuala. So uh, Charlie uh, Charlie came in like I think uh, seven months when we're doing it. That's a time when we're experiencing, you know, realizing that oh shit, we're not, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know how to sell. Got you know, it. like we're and you got guy. a sales trainer in. Oh my god, what a perfect. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I told me so. Oh, I know uh, someone who can really help us. You know, who can talk to uh, C suites. You know, people uh, sell the, the thing. You know, the idea. And 
you know, I'm not just, you know, cut for selling, okay. you know. So it might take some time. And if I try to learn it myself, we're probably dead by then. Enroll daw kasi. You enroll with Car- Charlie's class and then she'll teach you. Yeah. There you go. Just kidding. So yeah. that's, that's, uh, when I pitched the idea to Charlie and she said, yeah, let, let's give it a try. So I went uh, to the Philippines to meet her and the team. No, so wow. Uh, Again, first class, happened. Charlie. Ha, he flew in first class <laughs> because he can. There you go. <laughs> because I have this class. <laughs> wait, wait, Ron. Let's let's just clarify that. Ha. That was before. Okay. okay. Now yeah. he has to clear it with me. Yes, he, you he fly coach. There you go. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that's what happened. Uh, I I talked to Charlie. I asked her, hey, do you want to build this with me? And there's one ask I, I asked her, no, do you want are you uh are you okay leaving your own company and joining mine? Wow. <laughs> so it's like a big ask. <laughs> and she told me, like, I'm gonna think about it. I, I want to see like what the product is. Right. And you know, and then the pandemic <laughs> happened. Yikes. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's also one of the a uh, factor that Charlie, uh, you know, um, made the decision to join us. Okay. You know, the trainings were canceled. You know, there's really no face-to-face training and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the, the business is really uh, slowing down those times. And surprisingly, you know, Tuala is a digital sign platform that will help companies, you know, yep. uh, through, the, through the pandemic. So mm-hmm. the, the interest for electronic signature just suddenly you know search like even in google searches right. uh lot of inquiries from different companies uh government agencies you know but prior to that prior to the pandemic uh we were like being shut off like we don't need that right. uh, you know, working for us something like that so a couple of questions i want to know um this is a very competitive market there are heavy incumbents here Right, that yes. uh, that you need to overcome. Um, and again, uh, the beauty about big markets is it's not zero sum. There's multi. There's again enough room for people to thrive. You don't have to be number one if you get to be the top two, yeah. top three, but you still thrive. Mm-hmm. That's still a a big valuation that you're gonna come into. But second thing that I want to know is that all right. So given that it's you have lots of competition, you have a lot of catching up. The targets on their back. And you had to literally redo the product from that point on. What did you guys do different to really create traction at that point? Yeah. Um, here's the thing, Rono. The digital signature market, electronic signature market, is very different as it is tied to a law of a certain country. Oh, I didn't know this. So yeah, it, it I just keep signing random shit that was sent to me. I did not know this. Yeah. Oh, eh? we, we have enabling laws uh, and there are criteria for that legal document to be valid wow. and legally binding court. No, so m- most of the apps that we know are you know developed somewhere else, yeah, you know, and most likely designed to comply to their laws, you know. So the Philippine law, though the, the, the law is like patterned na. From uh, an international model law, the UN. Right, it's not a what size fits uh, all for everything. Yeah, the, the UN Central Model Law on E-commerce. No, the the Philippines kind of did it differently. So our laws is more restrictive than the rest of the world. Oh. Yeah, 
that's the reason why we never did it prior to the pandemic. You know, it's it's very like you know, government, even lawyers, are they using electronic signatures? No, they no. don't. And they like right? to have liquid signature on every freaking exactly. page. Imagine signing a term sheet. You have to sign probably like a hundred pages just to get a term sheet. That's not even binding. <laughs> Imagine exactly. that. It's, exactly. it's a pain in the ass. But again, people didn't even know this. Why? And again, this problem existed. What was the different attack now, Chef? So, yeah, if you look at the law, no, the law was enacted like year 2000. And the law talks about public cryptography. Imagine, that's like 22 years. Wow. So even the lawyers back then, like, what the what the heck is uh, uh, public cryptography? Right? Google that shit. What, so what we don't that? even have like a, an internet, you know, of, of, you know, maybe a dial uh, up internet that time, right. you know? So even the lawyers, they're kind of intimidated with the law itself. And if you look at the, like complementary rules regulations mm-hmm. from the Supreme Court. Okay. It talks about digital certificate. It talks about public crypto system. It talks about public key and private keys. So what do we mean by those? So much so jargon. That's the reason, yeah, exactly. That's the reason why, you know, lawyers, even the judiciary, it's like shearing away from the right. the the electronic signature so i i asked that to to my lawyer friends no and and that's the reason why okay maybe we can build something that complies to the law uh in details no uh and not just like a random electronic signature app like what you can see in the market Mm. right so we consulted many lawyers uh, no and even the lawyers even those people who actually drafted the law no so we, we consulted a lot of people and that's the time that, okay, we can build a technology that complies with the Philippine laws and at the same time is compliant with all the other laws of many jurisdictions around the world. Okay. Since we are very restrictive, you know, right. so it's kind of, it's kind of, we, we can get the minimum uh, like to be compliant to, to all exactly. you know, countries. So th- that's where it started. You know? it, it's very different for, for the Philippines. So I think that's the, the first one. No? We, we are compliant with the Philippine laws okay. no and um, we can be used to sign most of the documents no there there are criteria set by the the e-commerce act section 8 no really if your document the way you sign your document is not compliant to the section 8 of the e-commerce that's act binding. then that's not legally binding and that is not uh, wow, I did not <laughs> even know this so you can you know what people do, diba? they they create a word document and then they attach a picture of their signature <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> it's right? so funny. Right? Well, You're laughing. Not, Are you, you guilty? Oh, no, I'm a PDF you know? guy, excuse me. Okay, yeah. there you go. So, <laughs> so if you're kind of doing that for your business, some people even you know, you scan a, you, you print a document, you sign it, and then you scan it. And then you send it over to another person and then they download it and then they print it and they sign it again and then they scan scan it again. That's not a valid way to sign an electronic Illegal. document. But, right. you know, so there are many nuances uh, when it comes to the law, you know, compliance with the law. And we made sure that Tuala is compliant to that. That is amazing. All right. So you have, you have compliance and you even know this problem down to the T. 
But again, you were selling this as a blockchain. You had a 45-minute speech before. We we're selling blockchain. Charlie, how did you change that dynamic in making sure you're saying the right things to the right audience and actually getting paid for it? You know, that's a very interesting story. Because when, yeah, when when I joined them, they're all about the technicalities and whatnot. And and as I was listening to them, I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm sure that a lot of, you know, a lot of the people that we talk to are not tech people. Even tech people, they they will have a hard time understanding um, what is the sense of, you know, putting blockchain into a signing platform, right? Yep. I was like, oh, there's there's a better way of doing this. So whatever. So I, I tried experimenting, you know. And and um now whenever I talk to people, I, I focus on, you know, what are your struggles when it comes to document signing? Udol right Queen and then, coming in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes they're not aware of what really is driving them to go digital and you know if it's really worth it to to make the transition because um and and this is something that also for for most people whether they're investors or customers um they they would think now oh, you you know you're just a signing platform like all the others in the market and we're like oh um i i have to make a correction we're not we're not selling you a means for you to sign your document. That's not what we're offering you. What we are actually offering you is um, the peace of mind that after you have signed your contract, you can easily verify whether the, the integrity of the document is intact or not. Uh, and you will know it in a matter of seconds. And the thing about it is that you won't have to do like a visual comparison word per word. Oh, there's an A here and there's no A there. You know, yeah. it's it's simply, you know, um, a summary of the document saying um, that in fact, the document that you're trying to verify is what you have signed with the people whom you have signed it and when you have signed it with. Mm. Uh, so there, and I, I, I give them the assurance that, you know, um, especially with legal papers, it will matter the most to you after years have passed, not tomorrow, not next month, not next year. Mm. Most of the times, you know, when, when you encounter a problem, it would be, you know, five, 10 years down the road. And the problems with that would be number one, uh, chances are you have already misplaced the file yep. number two um you know someone might have actually tampered with the file because when you bit it technically all right <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so 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 that's that's where we you know we we make them realize because this is what um i always tell people contrary to your belief that when you transition to a digital signing it's just a matter of you know changing from your pen and paper to you know attaching your signature online and it's it's not as simple as that you have to consider the legal implications and the security as well you have 
have to make sure that whatever you sign is not just legally binding, but is also secure from hacking and you know <laughs> data privacy concerns, mm -hmm. right? So um, for for us, I think we we are very unique in a way that when we sell, it's not just selling on the pain point, but also making them understand. It's it's also usually training them yep. so to say so every time i talk to people it's like a training session <laughs> yeah <laughs> again that's your been hustle that's your hustle for the for this whole yeah. time, so. it's second nature all right now let's take our last break and then we come back we will now talk about how you're now able to apply all this budol build a team and also raise funding and a grant from the government we'll talk about that more after the break Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game and again big thank you to sprout solutions liberating your time for what truly matters hey hustlers wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents well i got good news because today's sponsor uno digital bank is here to help you achieve your financial goals you can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. 
As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. Hey. And we're back in the break. We are still with Charlie and Jeff of Tuwala again, who told us again how they were able to then assemble their superpowers, the tech guy and the Boodle Queen to again really get momentum and put the right things in place but you can't do it all you guys had to have a team and again jeff you're in ireland eight hours ahead or eight hours delayed but how you're how were you able to build the team to double down on this momentum while charlie was busy selling because it's not just a two-man team you had to create to create the right support and also again create a team as well yeah it's very difficult at first no the the nature of the app is actually geared towards you know those uh, mid-tier companies rather than smaller companies no? those companies that needs to sign at least 50 to 100 documents per day wow. and most of those companies are you know mid-tiers and they have a different set of requirements. So, like, also a, a very good learning for, for Tuala that it's not enough that you have a minimum viable product. Nope. That's something that we learned. So, if you're doing B2B, you have to have a minimum viable business. So, when, when we talk to, like, companies, they will uh, ask about, uh, do you have, like, a disaster recovery a plan, business continuity plan. Do you have this ISO 27001 yep. uh, compliances, all the security? And th- that's the time that we we realized, okay, we're not really ready yet no, for, for the real game. Okay. Now we have to make sure that we at least meet the minimum business requirements that, you know, these typical uh, companies requires us to to have before they can engage us, uh, yeah. you know, doing business. So the, the compliances, you know, the vendor accreditations, you know, the tax compliances and all, you know, paperworks. So th- that's how we we started like uh, doing all the, the paperworks, all the, the compliances. And that's where Charlie came in, you know, uh, she fixed most of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the time we, we started, you know, um, joining bidding uh, processes of different companies. And, you know, after that, uh, you know, the, the pitch is different. The, the 
presentation deck is different and Charlie's doing it, not me anymore. Mm-hmm. So we were able to close like customers, you know, we have a bank now, we have a pharmaceutical company, we have a big law firm. It's amazing. Things like that. So that's how it started. You know, if you have one customer, because, uh, you know, part of the due diligence of companies, like they will ask for uh, who's using your app right now. Yes. So, and Imagine one company, they have to call every customer that we have. And we're, we have like just five <laughs> in, in those things, you know. And uh, most of them, uh, um, good thing is our lawyers, you know, they're from a law firm, smaller, a small law firm, but enough to convince yeah. the big pharmaceutical company to, to trust us, you know. And then once we have those logos in, in the brochures that hey, these companies are using us. So yeah. it started to get, you know, easier, you know, convincing these people. So yeah, that, that's how we, we started, how we like introduce the the, the company in, in the market. That's amazing. All right. Now, Charlie, I'll go back to you here because again, in B2B, and especially if we're doing mm-hmm. the, uh, the bidding war, and if you're going for these big projects it is a mm-hmm. game of pipelines and long sales cycles i know this because uh chatbot ph was like that you know um cash flow can be very difficult because uh, a lot of your money is going to be stuck in accounts receivable and again more than 90 percent of companies in this, this country do not pay on time right mm-hmm. uh which is again I, it's it that will really hurt if you're a startup because all you have is a long list of accounts receivable uh with no cash flow mm-hmm. right you're always abunado technically but <laughs> i want to understand how you guys were able to then get that because in in a very early game of pipelines mm-hmm. i call it game of pipelines there's a sweet spot of the type of companies you should chase as a startup mm-hmm. Yes. And you said you guys said that these are middle-sized companies, or these are people that were probably in the chambers of commerce already, mm-hmm. a little de- bureaucratic, probably a little bit run mm-hmm. by dinosaurs. But also, they have to have a special tendency. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at a special, I uh, say a new product, they have to have that ability that they want new new things, and they're willing to experiment. Mm-hmm. They're they're risk takers like that because some. Most big companies are risk averse. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be the first guy. They don't want to be yes. the guinea pig. How were you guys able mm-hmm. to do that uh, when you were starting to get all these clients? Um, you know what? We are just so lucky in the sense that the first few customers that we had are really those types of early adapters. They they saw that you know we have the potential, and they are also those who are more supportive of local companies they're like of course at first oh you're this version of signing platform okay Mm. instead of us using this um let's use you and then when they're already in what we did was okay we we set the meeting hey you know thank you for for using us and trusting us with your legal documents because it's it's a law firm right Right, mm-hmm. and um, from from then we we positioned uh, it as you know, um, being the first one to trust us. Um, do you have a wish list of the things that you would like to to find um in your signing platform, and what would make your signing experience better? So we can create it for you, and so that 
you know, it will be easy for you and your um, signers to actually use Tuala. And I think we have been known to be a company who has a very good customer experience or customer Max. support. You're yeah, no I longer mean, complicated. We're, we're not yet, especially, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so so from from being a a very clunky, you know, um, platform uh, that is not user friendly, we were able to improve it heavily because of you know a close collaboration with our very first users, and we're just so lucky that these first users actually partnered with us and nice. actively offered us to the companies that they're working with. So one of them is a reseller and one of them is a partner in such a sense that, you know, we market them and they market us. Prasse. So it's, it's a win-win. Mm. <laughs> it's a win-win strategy and it's a win-win partnership for both of us. And I think that's, that's how we have uh, actually grown. It's through word of uh, word of mouth, because um, I, I would just like to support what Jeff has mentioned earlier. I, I would like to share this experience because, um, aside from being a B two B company, we are in a space that is a regulated tech, and this is very sensitive in the sense Absolutely. that we can't offer a so so or a, you know a pocho pocho kind of thing for yeah. for businesses because um, we can't afford to have leaks, we can't afford to have massive delays or you know um unreliabilities because um whatever delays or bugs that we will not be able to resolve really fast it will have real consequences to our users mm-hmm. and these users are corporations who are earning money who are also serving other clients right so so the the um standard for for us when it comes to our web app is really high <laughs> this is something that that we have actually learned and unlike for like a b2c you know even if customers experience minor bugs they will still use you yeah. but with b2b it's not the same our, our mvp is already equivalent to a full-fledged app of, of other startups yeah. so so that's why for 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 the longest time until you know uh dosd funding got in we we can't really do massive marketing and we can't really do massive selling because customers would always say, ah, you know, because you don't have this, we can't engage with you yet uh, because of this and that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we really had, as as you said, no, it's it's a matter of right timing. So mm-hmm. now that we have completed at least the critical features for an MVP enough to support the enterprise clients because as you know PLDT is already there so we have to make a product that's compelling enough to support these enterprises so we're like okay now game on <laughs> let's that do this amazing. all right now yeah. i have a question in terms of funding so obviously again just to breeze through some of the funders and uh, again you have some angels you've been part of idea space which is great shout out Kat Chan and shout out Butch and second also Buko, Buko Ventures again shout out to the Poggy Boys I call them the Poggy Boys of Buko Ventures or you know who you are but there's one thing I want to zero in which is you got a grant from DOST grant fan program three years ago it, it's just so it's, I'm just so proud to, to say this that now it has come to fruition because when the start Philippine startup law was implemented three years ago around 2019 this was just something that we were was being planned of how 
the government will start funding startups through, I think, DTI, DITC, and DOST. You got into the DOST cohort. Walk me through how you guys got the grant. Because again, uh, the, the, the way for you to get funding as a startup here in the Philippines is no longer just limited to angels and VCs. The government also gives this now. And it's a grant. There's no equity here. right? Equity I just want to understand how the process gets, uh, how, how was it like for you guys in getting to the grant and what are the, were there strings attached to, to make that work? How was that like? Yeah, so it's kind of the same with other venture capitalists, no? Uh, like the process. So first, we submitted all the the documentations that we need, yeah. and then we have to defend. Uh, we have to pitch in front of like a panel, and the panel mm-hmm. uh, were composed of, was composed of like different experts, you know, from all aspects of a startups. You know, we have the DTI, we have the D- ICT, we have DOST, we have, uh, you know, a representative from uh, a venture capital, you know, wow. lots of people to convince, you know. So several levels of uh, pitching, you know, question and answer uh, from, you know, defensibility of tech, right. the customers, the markets, and, you know, all those startup uh, uh, things that you need to convince the investors Mm -hmm. so yeah and we were able to convince them that okay we have a defensible technology so uh very few uh you know companies around the world that actually use blockchain to secure document integrity of a document and there's like a precedence already you know they're using it in in here in europe and so that's one thing that uh, kind of convinced them, okay, so this is not something that uh, these guys just came up with, you know, yep. yesterday, something like that. So it, it, it's, uh, I mean, the, the world is seriously considering blockchain as an alternative uh, security mechanism for, for documents. So, yeah, and and it, not just that, you know, maybe it also helped that uh, we are, uh, uh, like, Part of the cohort of Idea Space Foundation. Yeah. No, so I think that also helped. You no, know, so um, it can help us craft the messaging, the narrative, narrative better. You know, we have, of course, attractions. So I think it's also important. Like part of the criteria is, do you have customers? You know, what are the, uh, like, you know, the the quality, the how how do you say that, uh, the. You know, from what industry are they yep. uh, from? You know, like what is it a big company and things like that? So they they ask nice. that, and I think it's uh, more on uh, the stage of the company. So they they will fund you if you're still on an idea stage, but I think you have better uh, chances of getting the the grant if you have existing customers. You're you have a live product in the market and things like that. So it's not uh, an easy uh, pitch to the DOST because, like, the panel, the member of the panel, members of the panel are like, you know, uh, name drop. Go ahead. You want to name drop some of them? So one of them is like the head of the cybersecurity of the ICT, so the cybersecurity Europe, who also happens to be the the head of the Philippine National Public Infrastructure. The Holy shit. Wow. 
the infrastructure for the digital signature of government. So that's ah, one thing. Perfect customer right there. Oh, huh? so yeah. the head of uh, the the research arm of USD was there, you know, and uh, several people that you might know. No, I, I won't name them, but uh, from the yeah, uh, the part of but, community as well. No, there are founders uh, that were recently funded, like hundreds of millions of dollars. You know those people. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not uh, as simple as you know uh, sending your your pitch deck and then you're you're right. done. No? They're, it's a tedious they're, process. Yeah, and and they're very serious. And I think this is the the, the third cohort of the, the grantees. Yeah. and they told us that they learn a lot from the first two batches. So they now know uh, like what to ask with uh, right. You know. To start of founders and what uh, what are the criteria? Huh? Yeah, I think to add lang to what Jeff is saying, the process that we had to go through with DOSD also helped us understand better um what we are actually trying to solve and how we're trying to solve uh this problem and what are the social implications and impact of the services that we are offering because as you write your proposal to them i it, it felt like you're writing a thesis <laughs> yep exactly so it's more like uh, a research uh, paper defense yeah oh, we have people from the academia like part of the panel so it's yeah. more like a thesis defense you know? yeah you have your related lit there yep <laughs> That's amazing. But again, massive congratulations to you guys. But I want to understand now. Again, you you have the grant, you have resources. You can't fly first class Jeff anymore, unfortunately, because you have resources. What's next for you guys? What what are what, what are we gonna look for? Because again, I'm pretty sure this is not the last time we're gonna see you because you've you've seen you've been through the trough of sorrow, you've been hit in the face, you you you've now understand, but you now have resources. To propel you to the next phase, what's what's next for Twala and you guys? So yeah, right now, uh, I think we are ready to uh, scale. No? We have the minimum viable uh, product that you know customers can use. So we are starting to uh, execute our GTM. No, so we're raising money. So there you I, go. I just say this uh, mm-hmm. right now. So we're able to raise like a total of two hundred ninety k. Mm-hmm. Uh, already and or hoping to add that no uh, still a pre-seed stage no yeah. and we'll be releasing more products uh mm-hmm. in the market so we'll be releasing the 2.0 of the Twala ID so it's a digital identity wallet where you can store uh all your digital credentials so imagine like a digital diploma digital birth certificate you know digital uh-huh employee ID and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're also releasing the mainnet of the blockchain network that we built. So it's the very nice. first Filipino developed blockchain network. Uh, it's a niche type of blockchain network that's mm-hmm. focused mainly on uh, security compliance for the legal, regulatory, and gov tech. Yeah. No? So also we have several events that um, we'll do. No, We, we will be uh, having an event in partnership with uh, major government agencies uh, advocating about hybrid work and digital signatures. Nice. Uh, 
will also be part of the Philippine Startup Week. So we will, again, co-organize an event with other startups no? in same advocacy, the hybrid work and woman empowerment and you know uh, things like that. And also we'll be uh, showcasing our tech with a, I'm not sure if I am allowed to say this, Charlie, but we will be showcasing our tech with another government agency uh, in the coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's allowed. Just don't break the NDA. Make it anonymous. No NDA. In one of the um, Phyllis's uh, tech showcase event. Um, nice. Identity bus. Summit, yeah. So, yeah. So, again, be part of the government is already the the easiest account or again the the most ripe account that you can close because exactly. this is exactly what they need compliance and that's great and again you're building we are rooting for you and again massive massive congratulations charlie and jeff for such an amazing amazing product and again this is not the last time for sure i hope when you're already a billion dollars you're when you're a unicorn you're back but before now invite people over to check out twala and if they want to reach out and work with you how did they where do they go and how do they do that okay so you guys can find us in facebook so that's twala.io and well, it's it's the same handle for LinkedIn and uh, our website, or, or you can specifically message me at charlie.caroza at twala.io. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or the easiest way is to go to our website and use the chat box there. There's a small chat box there. Mm-hmm. If you leave a message, I'll be there to answer you. There you go. Better than a chat bot. It's yeah. Charlie herself answering yes. <laughs> all those questions again jeff and charlie thank you but before i let you go follow us in whatever in whatever podcast app you're listening to whether it's spotify apple podcast or any type of podcast app. and if you see a star rating there give us a five star so let us know if, what you guys think about this podcast and again if we did say some jargon 45 minutes of it it's getting to be the show notes on hustleshare.com and lastly if you want to be part of the community of on hustleshare listeners it's gonna be in the hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, Charlie and Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank and you so much, Ron. Appreciate it. Thank and you I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.